Yeah. Hey. How can you not love that big timpani roll at the end? Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, everybody, we're going to have a nice G-rated show because we have a guest today, kind of. She's she's around. She can't hear us. You can swear. I can't swear. Fuck yeah! Woo! <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to a Blood and Guts Conceiving, Blood and Guts Incubating, Blood and Guts Contracting, Blood and Guts Delivering. Matt, it's an episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Woo! With special guest, uh, Matt's favorite child for now. Matt is having a baby, 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 baby today, maybe yesterday, maybe tomorrow, we don't know. Anyway, we're going to talk uh, as much as we can before Matt gives birth. We're going to talk blood and guts. We're going to talk WWE trimming the roster to make room for Eva Marie. Thank God. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan moving on from WWE. Ooh. Matt, the undefeated RK bro. That and a few other things, new baby permitting. I'm glad you threw that in there, uh, the RK bro, because I, I was going through trying to find interesting topics for this week, and that that still hit. That's still... It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, so, yeah, just to recap, last night um, we ended our live show, uh, I'd say early. I'd say considerably. Probably it was the, the first earliest. time we were under an hour. The only, the only way it could have been earlier is if we just canceled it, because all you did was get through the intro. And uh, the story is Michelle didn't hear me talking. So you're going through the intro. So she said, oh, they haven't started yet. So she called and said, uh, we need to go to the hospital. Um, now, silly me, I, I probably could have recorded for like another 20 minutes. But, you know, for PR reasons, I think it's good that I ran away. Because uh, we still had to wait for her mom to get here. Because uh, we can't just leave Addie in the house all alone. <laughs> so... There were still a lot of things that needed to be done before we were going to leave. But, uh, uh, yeah, we actually never did end up leaving. By the time Michelle's mom got around, uh, the contractions slowed down. And, um, yeah, I went to bed. And then, like, at 1230, Michelle crawled into bed. And then I woke up the next morning. Nothing. So we, we never even left the house last night. Just all around uh, yeah. panic. Panic ensued, uh, so, but uh, uh, we still made the safest decision. We thought uh, we were getting a, a death match, and then it was just sparklers in the corner. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there was a gonna... steel-plated uh, floor in the yeah. uh, the entrance ramp, but instead it was cardboard. Yeah, the mushy um, McDonald's play pit. It's, they look kind of comfortable in there. Man, where can the beautiful people find us before we dive in? Yeah, if you want to see that old, that other video... Uh, that we made last night. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion, of course, where we cover some video games, a lot of Red Wings, a lot of pro wrestling. Uh, we're also at BOD Podcast uh, for Twitter, at Brothers underscore of underscore discussion for Instagram, and BODpodcast.com and Brothers of Discussion.com uh, for all of your uh, perusal of our archives and quick links. Yeah, you know what? I built the website now, Mike. I, I, I send it out every, after every episode. And actually, I have those I have those pre I have those scheduled, those those tweets. So I had to delete yeah. those tweets this morning because we had one of our buddies, the uh the half K uh podcast thought we put out a new episode and uh we didn't. It was just the pre scheduled <laughs> whoops. Whatever. But 
Uh, I did redo the website now, so if you go to the Pro Wrestling homepage from your phone, it's just going to have all the links on the homepage of, like, uh, whatever your favorite podcast provider is and the YouTube links. So it's it's nice and easy to navigate now. So you yeah. can go check all that out. Uh, but, Mike, like you said, um, we have a special guest. I've got to keep an eye on her, so this might be an abbreviated version of the Normal Brothers of Discussion. And plus, who knows when things are going to another- happen. Another baby of discussion. Uh, right. They're just coming out, Matt. This is it's turning into the end of the NWO, and we just kept adding members. Um, <laughs> it's going to be about 40 people deep here. Uh, let's start with uh, the big news, Matt. I, I thought this was uh, a joke. I thought it was the usual WWE kind of kayfabe stuff, but Daniel Bryan's contract is actually up. He's actually a free agent. He can walk. He yeah. can go. Um, we've heard him, you know, say some pretty nice things about uh, Kenny Omega. We've heard him say pretty nice things about Young Bucks. Um, we've heard him, you know, talk pretty glowingly about uh, the rival promotion. Um, the only thing is, you know, I got to think WWE is going to do everything in their power to keep this guy, including giving him one of those sweet Brock Lesnar deals where we just need you to show up like four times a year, if that. So, Matt, do you think that with no insight into daniel bryan's soul right would he turn down a big bag of money to do periodic appearances or do you think in his heart of hearts daniel is going to want to kind of tour the indies and maybe have a cup of coffee at aew i gosh i bet if anything he would love to work it into his contract that as his career winds down he'd like to go try some of that stuff out but ultimately like he's going to look at his family and go financially, this is the best place for my family. And when your career's winding down, right? Like talk about thinking about your family first. I mean, you don't want to go make the choice of, I don't know, possibly hurting that relationship with WWE or, or having them kind of shun you when you have all those opportunities for like a legends deal and stuff like that. Like, I think we all like Daniel Bryan as like a GM and a talking head on like talking smack. So I think yeah. he, he wants to keep that relationship, or at least I, I'm going to say I would want to keep that relationship squeaky clean, but I think it, it, at least he has a lot of opportunity here to change. Yeah. I would also say, like you, like you mentioned, we don't have a lot of insight into the mind of Daniel Bryan, but we do know that he thinks of others because he had a whole t-shirt line that was um, safer for the planet and proceeds would go to help different charities. So... Is there a possibility that Daniel Bryan's going to take a break from the WWE, not get paid by the WWE because he's not going to be doing anything, and allow for less people to be released? I actually had that thought last night. I I, I think there's some merit probably to that if, if he were to take an extended uh, period off. Like, Daniel Bryan might just be thinking, well, I'm not just going to steal money and get this huge contract and not work. I'll let other people work and, and <laughs> make some money. Can you hear her in the background? Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I have the dryer going in my on my side. So we got we got both sides covered. Um, we have uh we have another special guest too. Mickey Mouse is here. Oh. She's we spent a little bit on a really nice Mickey Mouse puppet and she found a pen and she's wrote all over him, it. She's giving him a mustache right now. <laughs> he must be a uh, heel Mickey at this point. Um, yeah. Well, I got to say that the family angle, I think, is really important to think uh, consider. 
where you got to think Daniel Bryan's going to want to, you know, um, support his family and the big bag of money from WWE is probably going to be the best uh, <laughs> bag that he can get. He likes that point. But then um, I got to think WWE is also trying to uh, passively manipulate Daniel, you know, as they uh, put his wife in the Hall of Fame this year and the year that his contract's going to be up. They make sure that, you know, we got Mrs. Daniel Bryan in there. Um, she gets her ceremony. She gets her moment. She gets to be a focal point. Um, yeah, I, it sounds to me a little bit like, um, you know, when uh, John Moxley was headed out the door and they, you know, tried to do good by him. Uh, Featured prominently in the shield. <laughs> yeah. She is pumped. She's just patting me on the back right now. It's kind of you guys are doing a great job. Now you have one viewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got. She got us a like. See that? Oh, thanks. Dave. See that? Yeah, good job. <laughs> got us one more like than we normally get. Um, yeah, I I think like th- this goes back to everybody like fantasy booking. I think if we keep it in the fun realm, it's good. But just nobody get mad at Daniel Bryan when he decides to uh, do what's best for his family. Um, just you go know, home and grow lemon hard, trees. It's yeah. hard for me to put myself in Daniel Bryan's shoes and to think about what it's like to be a father and to have a child. But uh, Is that why you brought your baby into this episode, man? Yeah, <laughs> just so we can talk <laughs> Daniel Bryan so you guys could believe me. Um, Are you I growing think that, a lemon tree in the backyard too, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do want a lemon tree. Um, I, I went shopping for one last year. It's just it's very hard to take care of, uh, I guess, at the start. It turns out they do grow lemons and not the yellow starburst. So just want to make you aware of that. Yeah, I do like lemons, though, for cocktails. That that would be, if I did that, I think I'd start a whole nother podcast about um, just making different kind of lemon-flavored cocktails. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I uh, I would like to see Daniel Bryan go to AEW. I think it would be a, a, a fascinating uh, shift of power. Um, I'd also like to see him seduce uh, Samoa Joe, you know, to join him over there. And then you just want to keep in mind that AEW's got their biggest show of the year coming up, um, Double or Nothing. So that, see, that's when a contract runs out. How does how does the three month, you know, the ninety day no work thing work? You know what I mean? Yeah, I would really like to crunch the numbers and figure out the exact day that Samoa Joe was released. Uh, to figure out if he can debut at Double or Nothing. So I, I believe it's May 30th. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's coming up real soon. Oh. Yeah, yeah Sunday, May 30th. It, does, that, does that right? Because, wait, wasn't he working at WrestleMania? Yeah. Mojo? How is that yeah. 90 days? It says it's April. Not. Okay. No, I wasn't <laughs> suggesting those 90 days. I just... You know, oh. to crunch the numbers and see if he actually has to wait, you know. It would be nice if they said, like, how the 90-day thing works. If they were like, well, you haven't wrestled in two years, so maybe we should just let you, you yeah. know, maybe we can waive the, the no-compete. It is pretty nuts, though, that, you know, Daniel Bryan was in the main event at WrestleMania. Samoa Joe got to help call most of the events at WrestleMania. And now both of those guys could potentially be working for the rival here in a minute. Yeah, I, I think that goes along with it, too. Like, there had to be some conversation, you know, because they threw Daniel Bryan into the WrestleMania main event. You know, 
As a side note. Was that another I, one? Look, we're going to put your wife in the Hall of Fame. We're going to put you in the main event of WrestleMania. Please it's a no-brainer, right? Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even... You even talked about it leading up to WrestleMania, where he saw himself as like, I'm going to hand out victories. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't even think... Like, I wouldn't even put that in the top of his priority list. But, I mean, now that we're thinking about it and saying it out loud, it all kind of makes sense. All right, Mike. So, Daniel Bryan, I'm going to say probably not out. Um, yeah, I'm going to say if, that big bag of money and periodic appearances is, is going to be too tough to turn down. Mo- most likely spot for him to land, Mike. Talking only brands, we can keep kayfabe as a part of it. So clearly, SmackDown is last on the list. Uh, where do you think he's going? Oh, um, I mean, if he's if he's actually going to stay under contract, um, I think that they still want to promote NXT. Yeah, I agree. One A, one B for Monday Night Raw. Um, so I think that they would want to see what he can do over there and. Um, I don't even know if he's going to wrestle, if he's just going to be, you know, helping to promote in the back, um, helping I mean, out it, Jordan or something. But there's there isn't a, sh- a wrestling show on TV that I think Daniel Bryan fits in more. Like he, he, that is the square peg of Daniel Bryan being a square peg is NXT. Um, he honestly, if you watch AEW, that's a Chris Jericho thing. That that Chris Jericho fits with that. Daniel Bryan is one of the best of all time, but he's not, you know, I think if anything, he'd want to get further away from the sports entertainment, which NXT does a good job of that. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it. Like AEW pretends they're not, but they clearly are. Uh, So, yeah, I I think he fits in best with NXT too. So best fit, most money, keep the family safe, all that. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I just, uh, if we're going to start, you know, still be keeping track of these silly Nielsen ratings. Um, oh, we got one comment from from Amy, that little That's Addie terrifying. needs a lily doll. Oh, she is a I, precious little babe. I always forget that when I bring her in here that I have that fiend mask right above my shoulder. And if she sees it, what it's going to do to her. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, Eva Marie. So Daniel Bryan out, Eva Marie in. In. Um, what a trade. All, all of the uh, silly reporting by uh, would-be or hopeful uh, wrestling journalists, they're wrong. Uh, even by Mickey James' own account that Eva Marie's been in NXT and at the Performance Center training for a long time. So this wasn't one of those things where they released a bunch of people and then brought her in. If anything... I think this is evidence of how fickle and unreliable a wrestling career can be because they had a plan. They were, I mean, I, I don't, I guess maybe it's unfair to use the word bored, but they clearly are, they have an idea with Eva Marie and whatever they're doing with her wasn't going to work with anybody else that they released for some reason, but yeah. that's it right there. They want to, you know, maybe you make the argument they're doing something fresh, but that's more along the lines of where this conversation needs to go is that this, this job super sucks. Uh, like if you're a pro wrestler, you just have to know, especially when you make it to the level of the WWE, if they decide somebody else could be bringing in a few more viewers. Um, and even if you're not doing a bad job, that's just, it's, it's the problem of having a nonstop circus show for 
365 days, or I guess I should say 52 weeks a, a it's, year. It's fascinating that like a lot of her, um, her heat is that she's so beautiful that I hate her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's such a like glamorous, like gorgeous woman, you know, just like every, you know, centimeter of her is just sculpted to look like, you know, like an, like an ideal for that kind of, you know, performance. Yeah. And so um, I think people want to root against her. She's got, you know, she's going to be such a great bad guy for this, you know, division of women who, you know, all of them can go now. And now you're going to have her teleport in and, you know, from a previous era where we didn't care as much about, you know, your work rate. So if we find out that she's been in NXT learning how to wrestle and she's already got, she's so beautiful, I hate her heat. And now she can actually defend herself. Matt, this could be uh, it's gonna be a pretty big money opportunity for WWE. Yeah, and and, I, and, for, and and for Eva, of course. Yeah. And I think it's important too to remember that whenever anybody gets a job at WWE, somebody else didn't get a job. So that's happened when I, I I'm not. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not mad at Mickey James when she did that. I'm not mad at anybody that's on the roster right now for doing that. So you can't really hold like it's not like Eva Marie would turn down a contract and money to do to be a pro wrestler to do this. So you could still be mad at like the industry. You can be mad at WWE and, and pro wrestling for how this works and how your favorite gets, um, you know, put in some sort of limbo. And now they're terrified because they don't know what's next for their career. That does yeah. super suck. But um you know, I guess the long story short is this wasn't my first pick. I wouldn't have looked back at the catalog of pro wrestlers I've seen and said, man, I can't wait for Eva Marie to come back. But along those lines, you can't get mad at her for coming in. Uh, I, I just, that's, that's, that's the long and short of it, I think. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I think if she's actually going to come back and wrestle, uh, the bar for her is, is crazy high. Um, I mean, we just yeah. saw WrestleMania with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. And they're like, yeah, now's the time to bring bring back Eva Marie. Like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> right now? Uh, you know, maybe wait till a few people get injured. Um, and then I, I would say, you know, because she's, you know, tried to, you know, get her name out there for like movies and TV shows. And it's like, we just saw Bad Bunny, like maybe the greatest celebrity wrestler of all time, um, you know, bring the house down at WrestleMania and have you know, like maybe the best match of the whole weekend. So this again, we're gonna have a celebrity, and we're gonna have you know this this female wrestler who's not a wrestler try to come in in that wake. Man, I'm kind of like excited to see what she's been working on at NXT for them to be like, now's the perfect time, boom, let's drop I, right in. I'm gonna I'm gonna say interested, right? Isn't that that's the worst like sit on the fence word? Uh, I'm gonna go with interested right commit. now though. Yep. <laughs> you see that all the time on Twitter, and I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm going to see how I feel about using it. Cause, um, I'm not – I mean, I'm already kind of down on WWE right now, and if anything, I, I want to go full, like, why don't we just go full-time NXT and Dynamite? But, um, you know. We're, we're almost there. Raw was a real yeah. slog this week. Holy oh crap. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> – You talk I, about, like, just microwaving, like, you know, food from – from yeah. WrestleMania, yeah, they've been they've been miking that stuff for weeks now, Matt. It's yeah. the same feuds. So like, here's when the is thing: Damian Priest going to get away from Morrison and Miz? I, Mike, I I will eat leftovers for a long time, and I mean to the point 
like normal people look at it or uh, my wife actually has like stories of like, you, you know, like she'll watch me. She'll be on the phone with somebody and say he's eating something that's like three weeks old right now. I mean, like White Castles don't go bad. I don't know why right. you keep judging me for that. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know if any of these were like White Castles. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it seems more like we did, you know, like vegetables. Like vegetables can go. After two days, if nobody's eating them, I'm putting them in the garbage. So that's, <laughs> there's no leftover vegetables that are getting in the microwave for me. This pepper's not 100% crisp. Toss it. <laughs> White I'm, Castle three weeks old? I'm in. I looked at, uh, we had to like scramble last night to like leave. And part of that was, um, and like I said, we didn't actually leave, but part of that was taking our food that we'd eaten earlier, uh, and thrown it in the fridge. And I looked at it this morning and really it's mostly snap peas and, uh, broccoli and carrots. I'm just like, nobody's going to eat this. This is garbage. I'm just saving garbage for later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Mike, um, not garbage though. Uh, Pretty hot. I, I liked it. This is Roman Reigns' new entrance music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're double, double down on the uh, Tribal Chief. Yeah, the kind of epic chanting. And yeah, it was intimidating I stuff. I didn't like the roller coaster that we got because the moment it happened, people were all on board. And then the next day we got, I saw tweets uh, from some writers that I like that said, nobody's brave enough to say this, but that song sucks. Um, first of all, Mike, uh, our episode title today is why does AEW not suck? Uh, and, and really that is one of the worst, most lazy words to use in journalism and writing. It's just to say sucks. Um, but it most certainly does not, it does not, it does not suck. I, I think he sells it, uh, the pageantry of it, the, uh, pace that he takes to the ring. I mean, it, it, that is one of the most cinematic feels we have to a WWE entrance song. And I, I, how many times have I said over the last, you know, uh, COVID era that I want more cinematic feel to everything about my pro wrestling and my big fear is that when we get away from what we're doing now, it's all going to go away. So more Roman Reigns entrance music like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's so weird. They used the only one that got stuck with the shield music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even on, like, DX, like, disbanded. They all had their own songs. And poor Roman got stuck, you know, with the original, you know, bottom, bottom. Uh, so this definitely feels like it was uh, overdue Absolutely. for Roman to get uh, get a little bit of a reboot here since I think Seth Rollins is on, like, his fifth iteration of his song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, let's, get, let's give Roman a shot. And I think what this, you know, the music is supposed to do is kind of tell the character story. You see them visually, you know, appear on the ramp. You hear the music hit, you see the lights behind him, and in, you know, 30 seconds, if you've never seen Roman Reigns before, you should be able to kind of understand who he is and where he's coming from. And, you know, as much as those staccato power chords, you know, you could kind of see a tough guy was coming down. Now you kind of get a little bit of, you know, depth to him, you know, about his, his origin. And I'm in. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. I, I I I challenge everyone to not hate everything they see in pro wrestling. And while I'm going to sit here and hate totally <laughs> totally agree with you that Monday Night Raw was, I mean, what I I tweeted like the first hour and ten minutes, and then I texted you and said I can't. I mean, I admired Jesus, my I can't do this. To make it into hour yeah, two. I couldn't when I saw that you were tweeting at like eleven o'clock uh, Eastern time for Monday Night Raw. I just 
Like hats, hats you know, off. Like, yeah, just uh, that little uh, kid who was watching uh, Derek Jeter's last game. Uh, I appreciate the effort. Like they said, <laughs> we're gonna have a WWE championship match, and it was Braun versus Bob. And I'm like, great, you know. And then uh, Drew's music hits, and we we're, we're all like, well, we know how this is gonna end. And sure enough, Drew interfered. No contest. Nobody really won. Uh, champion gets to leave and a moment after that they're like guess what next week bobby versus drew championship match like there's no drama in that we all know that Braun is coming in it's it's written it's it's, it's written in ink permanent permanent sharpie there's no way that that match ends clean none um i the way that like back to back because we're going to talk aew here not sucking um, you know, they had their blood and guts show, right, on Wednesday. Yeah. But a week before that, you know, they started promoting um uh Nagata going against um John Moxley, you know, a couple weeks. It's not even gonna take place on Blood and Guts. So we know Blood and Guts is coming. We're getting you excited for that. We're putting everybody on that card, cutting a promo, you know, the week before. It was a killer mm. show to get you all geared up. But then they're also getting you ready for two weeks from then. And then they're still trying to get you primed and ready for double or nothing. So they're they're still just setting the stage weeks and weeks in advance to get you like, man, blood and guts is over. But man, I can't wait to see that that Mox, you know, New Japan invasion. This is gonna be great. And Raw is like, well, we know you just saw somebody interfere in a championship match, so now we're gonna switch those chairs up and you know, those dance partners are gonna <laughs> reset a little bit, but the uh, same old ending next week. Boo boo boo. All right, another episode in the can. And, yeah. It really is the callback to the, this needs to either be two hours long or we need to take some time off like New Japan does because good, you know, it's always good for the wrestlers to have, like, time off. Uh, these conversations of Daniel Bryan's contract aren't as important, um, I would say. I think we he just has his time off and they pick him up later. It's almost like and Daniel then, Bryan watched Raw and said, I need some time off. Yeah, this, exactly. This too and, much. And how, like, juiced would we get? You know, I mean, I'd be way more excited. Like, you start you start up the NHL season. So the Red Wings are playing their last two games this weekend. Um, when you restart the season, no matter how much I know they're going to suck next year, I'm still super psyched. So let me take a break. Don't Like, I don't need it to feel like I need to make an announcement or we need to change our show and go, all right. We're taking a break from Monday Night Raw. Why can't that just be organic? Why can't there just be a break? That's, um... I, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, in our Red Wings show, with obviously it's because the Red Wings are so bad this year, but, you know, we've been focusing on the offseason and free agency and trading and drafting. Uh, this might be another spot if WWE just finally takes, like, a little hiatus. We're still going to watch it. You know, like the Simpsons, South Park, they take breaks. We still come right back when episode one is starting. Uh, sports takes a break. We still come back every year to watch game one. Uh, this could be a spot where even the Daniel Bryant story, you know, that could be like, uh, you know, ooh, his contract's up. Obviously, maybe not with Daniel because he might actually leave. But for guys who are, <laughs> are still signed, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, they take could, notes. you know, do a kayfabe um, offseason, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that Recruiting. It only makes too much yeah. sense. Um, all right, so, Mike, is it time for the fun part of the show where we talk about our favorite wrestling programs? Yeah, and uh, we should probably focus a little bit more on Blood and Guts. Um, yeah, I, was, I will uh, say, I I spent my time, I watched as, as much of, I, I 
I did fast forward through a lot of the first hour of Dynamite. Um, so apparently I was just like the people that attended the show since uh, they had a big cage in the way of the big screen that was playing the first hour of Dynamite uh, rather than... I gotta tell you, <laughs> my least favorite gimmick type match is the cage match because they have still not figured out a way to get the camera to show yeah. the match without you kind of having to duck and dodge, dip, dive, and dodge again around that chain link fence. Um, it just never looks good on TV. You miss a lot of spots. Um, I, the one thing that I like, I, I worry for the, the, the you know wrestler's safety when they climb on top of the cage, but I'm also relieved because I know we're going to be able to see what's going on because there's no <laughs> stupid cage in the way. Um, yeah, yeah the, it's... The Blood and Guts match itself, um, I, I thought the buildup to getting all 10 guys in the ring was fantastic. Um, I thought FTR did a really great job, you know, uh, donning the crimson masks, uh, Sammy Guevara, um, you know, being the brave one, you know, volunteering, you know, as tribute uh, for the, uh, you know, coming up first, you know, on behalf of the inner circle. But um, one thing is... I, it was like they maybe in the production, like before that match, they had a few promos, you know, like Kenny Omega came out, Cassidy came out, cut some stuff, you know, for future matches. But like with 15 minutes to go, all the wrestlers were in the match. And I swear Jericho looked at the camera and said, how much time? Oh, man. <laughs> had to kill 15 minutes to get to the finish. Um, and it was I... great. Like when everybody was entering, and then there was that great uh, Avengers Endgame portals moment, you know, where the five on five face each other before they clash, you know, in the middle of the two rings. But yeah. uh, after they got a couple of those spots out, it was kind of like you could see them. Well, what should we try now? I mean, <laughs> that's that. yeah, I, I think um, I think in the grand scheme, like you can cut this match down at some point and put it on AEW's YouTube channel and make it look a lot better. Uh I, it had it had the big spots. Obviously, the ending I still liked, and we'll talk about that in a second. But absolutely, that was a let's hit the ten seconds on the uh, fast forward. You know, fast forward ten seconds here to get through a minute of this of, of everybody trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Um, the uh, I, I will say for everybody concerned about the ratings uh, every Wednesday night and Thursday night, and for Raw and SmackDown, um, it, don't worry about that. DVR it, watch it the next day because you get you get through those uh, rest holds lickety split. I mean, for all the love that we have to make sure that people are selling properly, I know what's happening when I hit fast forward ten seconds. Um, I definitely don't need to see them see, when I, I have that ability. What? So I I, it made it know, easier to watch. I've never. I don't know what this rest hold is that you're referring to. That's a <laughs> legitimate submission uh, that could end a match at any time, man. So what's in there? Yeah. Did you is put this all my a, stuff away? Uh, is this a Brothers of Discussion rest hold here, Matt? What's going on? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> it. Couldn't have been better timing. An audible rest hold by uh, Adeline over there. Yeah, she's putting all my stuff away. That doesn't. Um, let's just say that's not where it goes. So Matt's oh. gonna have to do some hunting later. But it's good. Um, she's got something to do while while we're doing. Did you this. feel but, like uh, in Blood and Guts that of people who really needed to like shine? I got to say Wardlow and probably Sean Spears. And I thought Wardlow did it. And I thought Sean Spears actually 
did himself a service. I I felt like he looked. <laughs> I felt like he actually looked, you know, like a character I want to see in coming weeks ahead. And he's yeah. had such a hard time doing that. I th- I think it, it it at least started to open my eyes as to what the faction was like. Who's this really going to help? Um, because the, the way that Inner Circle was selling their opponent. I kind of started to think just like them. Like, they did such a good job with promos the last few weeks. I was like, yeah, what is this dumb faction? MJF just does all the talking? Who cares? Um, but then we, I think this was it. This was that coming out. This was, I mean, it was pro wrestling. Like, it it made me feel stupid for everything that I had been doing, judging uh, the amount of factions, the fact that they, they thought they needed to make another one. But this one does look like it's going to do a world of good for, uh, for everybody involved. And I... I if anything, this is just me admitting that nah, I'm a big dumb dumb, uh, and that I, I I think this could just act as um, it can't be a coming out party because everybody's had their individual opportunities. But I, I hope that they start to spread around more of a story. Um, I mean, really, you can make the argument for both of those factions that there's something for each one of those guys to tell. Uh, but I think this might be that best opportunity to start doing it and. Um, just like we've compared to regular primetime TV all the time. Um, you know, maybe The Office started to suck at season six, but uh, they knew that they had to start telling stories about Kevin and, and Angela and, you know, get more in-depth with Dwight. So at some point, we can't just focus on Michael Scott and, and Chris Jericho and hope that everybody else just falls in line, uh, you know, at MJF we got to let everybody else start telling stories. So then those interactions between MJF and, the, and his buddies and Chris Jericho and his buddies are more meaningful. So I, th- I th- like that's, that's what I, that's what I pulled from it from their performance. But I, I would admit to like, it looked good. It's still not what I'm going to remember from this match. And, and really I'm only going to remember yeah, the last few know, minutes. I think it's because, uh, you know, Jericho is basically the Thor, right? He gets all the funny lines. He gets all the the big hero shots. Um, you know, you get to see Sammy Guevara getting the the Spider-Man hero treatment now. At yeah. some point, John Spears, you know, he's got to get his WandaVision, I think. Um, let's kind of see what we can get out of this guy. Because we know he's a great coach. We know he's a great teacher. Um, we know how high, highly regarded he is by his peers. But it doesn't ever feel like they give him a real story to chew on. Yeah. So I'm hoping that eventually he gets his Winter Soldier, he gets his WandaVision, um, and he kind of gets his, you know, his his time to tell his story and make that uh, that AEW money. You know, I want to see some Sean Spears, uh, some swag on uh, pro wrestling tees, and I also want to see those, um, I don't know what they like prison onesies. Matt, do you want to <laughs> you want a prison onesie from ProWrestlingTees.com? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, support your local I, penitentiary. Yeah, you know I do feel bad right now because I wore my uh, Dexter Loomis T-shirt last night, and now I couldn't find it this morning. So I, we're not. Uh, it was in the. Was, it's probably in the trash. Did you look in the trash? Ah, shoot! All right, I'll I'll pull it out for next week. I'll pull it out of the. Don't um, forget your Adam Cole Bay Bay T-shirt. She did find that last week, and even though she cried the first time she saw it, she you know. She said she looked at it and said, "You know, baby." So that was kind of cute because it, it can kind of sound like baby. So baby. she's getting there with it. See if you can get her little fingers up for mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what about the rest of the uh, blood and guts card? Um, I guess we could kind of get into our uh, top three moments. You want to do that? Yeah, the festival of friendship. 
Yeah, now that the rating war is over, they're on different nights now, uh, which Bleacher Report does not acknowledge. They still do a ratings war story every week. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give you, because we gave uh, kind of the lion's share of discussion at AEW. Um, I'll bet first for a moment number three. Um, Matt, it's, uh, I can't not include this on the list. It's uh, Max and Kingston defeating uh, Naka, Naka, Nakazawa and, o- and Kenny Omega. Um, it's it's moment number three, and it would have been moment number one if it was a real tag team match. You know, it was like 15, 20 minutes. But yeah. instead, there's some shenanigans. The bell didn't even ring. And then, you know, of course, poor Nakazawa gets to eat the defeat. Um, but, uh, you know, in the aftermath, we saw the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. And other folks come out, all of them in terrible hats and swim gear, um, <laughs> just to come out and pummel Kingston and Moxley. We got more of my, my one of my favorite uh, little details of Eddie Kingston trying in vain to rescue um, a, a prone, um, you know, isolated, uh, just getting trampled Moxley. Um, you know, like a like a like a kind-hearted Samaritan, you know, trying to rescue. An abused puppy at the animal shelter. It's uh, it's one of my favorite things going. And at some point, it looks like this tag team is just to kind of perpetuate what's going on with Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and the Good Brothers. But at some point, my God, please give these guys a legitimate shot at the tag titles. It, it would be the most fun ever. I, I really hope we get that. If, if you liked Omega and Hangman, oh my God, just wait till you see the promos that Eddie and Max are going to put together. Um, but yeah, that's my moment number three. Well, I, I threw together my, my three, two, one real quick here. And I realized that I'm going to go probably in reverse order of everybody else uh, that watched NXT, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to do it. Mike, number three, uh, the way defeating uh, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart to win the uh, NXT women's uh, titles. The only reason that this is getting a three and my number two and number one are in their positions uh, I, I would say probably has to go with personal preference on uh, my number two of just being like four of my favorite guys in the ring together. So you guys can take a guess at what that is. And um, I think this was a little rushed. I, I, I think um, maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I just was talking about how much I hate rest holds uh, and how long they last. Um, this Man, is those are submission some... moves. I right. don't know why you keep calling them rest holds. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Um, so sometimes the submission moves. You can tell it's uh, a lot of effort if there's like big deep breaths while there's, you know. <sighs> right. Um, so I'll, while I'm taking my deep breath while they're <laughs> puffing and puffing, uh, you know, and I fast forward a little bit. This is so weird. My neighbor is like using one of my neighbors, two houses down and use, is using my na- my next door neighbor's um, lawnmower. He keeps driving past and he's not mowing my neighbor's lawn. I don't know. This is weird. I just I keep watching them drive back and forth. Anyways, um, oh, where was I? Yeah, okay. So this this did just kind of seem like uh, let's give everybody a spot. They were all fantastic spots, and this could easily get the argument for number one. But I think number one was probably match of the week this week uh, for me on NXT. And again, I'm I'm a little bit uh, I'm I'm siding with four of my favorite wrestlers at number two. But Mike, this is still in my top three uh, because this is. This is Candice LeRae's first title. When I saw that, I couldn't, like, it kind of blew my mind. And then you kind of figure, like, why are they 
I think a while back we asked why, why would they add an NXT tag championship. I think it's because of this. Uh, it's because of the likes of Candice LeRae just what, for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know if they trust her to sell the the NXT Women's Championship yet. The same way that they see what Raquel could do, and they immediately were like, "All right, well, she's getting she's getting an opportunity to beat Rhea Ripley, and then she's going to be, you know, at Stand and Deliver's main event." And taking down EO. Uh, and, and obviously they gave Candace those opportunities. And I think if, if we looked at, um, you know, regardless of the, the body of work and just looked at the story you can tell based on their body sizes, I think it, it's a little, a little different from the story they've been telling with EO for the last little while is what they can tell with uh, Raquel. So all that wrapped together goes back into talk about Candace LeRae, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> But I also enjoy that how much they're giving Indy uh, Hartwell in this too with her victory. Um, I, I, I got. I guess I have it in my notes here. The little recap. So she's involved in NXT's top faction. She's holding gold, and she has her very own storyline with Dexter Loomis right now. Um, and an amazing uh, segment I thought before that was sort of. Um, uh, who's the, uh, who's the black and white, uh, comedy actor with the little mustache, um, Chaplin. Yeah. It was, it was like Chaplin-esque where Dexter Loomis is in the corner of the women's locker room looking through the blinds, which is pretty perverted. Uh, but that it was more like, uh, Porky's and not uh, well, Chaplin. <laughs> they were, everybody was trying this one. Yeah. It was him looking at, uh, Indy and the whole time. Candace is trying to distract Indy from looking at this door where Dexter's peeking through because clearly he wants to let Indy know that he cares about her, but he's, for whatever reason, his character doesn't speak. So it's, it's like they're treating it like he's shy, but while he's peering through and trying to get Indy's attention, Candace is distracting Indy. And then eventually she's like closing the blinds and uh, it's just, it was cute. It, it, it was, I know uh, the, probably the setting was the worst thing for Dexter to be peeking through the blinds, but also who puts blinds on a locker room. So clearly it was just, a, it was a set and uh, just for that stage. Um, Any hoozles, good on Candace, good on Indy. Um, I did like I, uh, one of my points here. Everything was very safe. Um, and I, I'm a fan of that. Uh, there were a lot of big spots. Uh, Shotzi jumping off from a little, um, <sighs> I, I don't even I can't even describe it right now. But anyway, she she got some height on a thing that I've never seen before at an NXT taping. So clearly it was put there so she could do that. And I like that. I like that they can put things that look like they're supposed to be a part of the set, but really it's just there. It's super safe. And then uh Shotzi's just jumping onto the table to crush everybody, which we all know is is pretty soft, you know, it's it's a nice safe landing. Um so I I'm I think we didn't really touch on it with blood and guts, but it can still be exciting and safe, and nobody dies. So A plus, uh, Mike, you're number two. Well, we're number two. Um, it's it's you can't you can't have her have a segment and it somehow doesn't crack the top three. Matt, DMD, Britt Baker. She got a squash squash match against uh, Julia Hart. Uh, I, I don't think any relation to Nettie, um, but uh, the story was uh, you know Julia's uh, she's had a, she's had a few. Uh, you know, espressos. I wouldn't call them a whole cup of coffee. Just kind of a shot of espresso uh, on uh, AEW Dark. Um, and so she's getting her, you know, her big opportunity to prove herself against, you know, the top of the division, win-loss-wise. 
Bless as you. Britt is uh, quick to remind us, she came out, you know, didn't get a whole lot of offense and Baker kind of just crushed her. Um, you know, she's ready to strap the glove on uh, roughly 60 seconds in. Uh, we haven't <laughs> seen, uh, I don't even think, uh, you know, Mr. Sacco was on that quickly uh, in his in his long storied career. Um, but Baker, the story is just about continuing to build, you know, who, what's going to be just a monster threat to Sheeta at some point. Uh, looks like double or nothing is when they're going to get their payoff for the title. Um, and the way that Baker is just allowed to keep padding the wind, which she's allowed to um, to show Dominion um, and, you know, kind of mean mug for the camera. She had a big uh, tongue waggling moment, you know, while she was triumphant again. Um, it's exciting. I like to watch them, uh, you know, push somebody to the moon uh, to borrow a, a little Cameron Grimes uh, yeah. <laughs> catchphrase there. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how this pays out. I'm excited to see, um, you know, Double or Nothing where Baker, I think, I think, finally, Sheeta is going to get uh, get a loss here. And it'll feel deserved. And I don't think that either superstar is going to look bad coming out of that uh, that outcome. Um, I know uh, Barstool is doing their own betting. Does Bleacher Report have their own sports book? Because I know they have a better... Yeah, they have a better relationship with AEW than anybody. Um, I, I would say... Are the betting odds for Baker? I Well, I was going to say I'd put my whole life savings on Dr. Britt Baker becoming uh, champ. I... Yeah, I, I I think it's. I think it's, we're ready. I think they're I ready think to we're go. Ready. I think yeah. he's proved enough, and um, I think we've seen enough of uh, you know the violence she's willing to sacrifice and damage she's willing to sacrifice, and yeah, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a match. Um, we really hope that the women get uh, you know 15, 20 minutes to tell the story. I hope it's not a ten minute um, you know rush, but uh, you know, yeah, we've seen what they did with Thunder Rosa and and Britt, so. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe some of that length, time-wise. But Matt, moment number two for next extra time wrestling. Uh, I'm going. If I didn't sell it enough, I'm going with Champion and Thatcher taking out the grizzled young vets. Um, Thatcher lays down the Fujiwara armbar after knocking out Zach Gibson with a shoe. So they're really trying to sell the if you hate Gibson shoes off, and I'm fine with that. Again, last week we talked about. I don't know why wrestling Twitter was so upset that they would use a chant for Zach Gibson to try and help sell Zach Gibson and hating him. I, he's a bad guy. Let's do something. People aren't going to get engaged. Let's try something anyway. So they're really selling that. Um, I would have honestly thought that this is going to be a one-off to help the grizzled young vets get back in the tag team title conversation. What this tells me, especially with the use of the shoe is that this is going to be a longstanding feud. And I could not be happier because I love both of these tag teams um, they're doing a great job of, uh, I mean, building each other up and tearing each other down. They have amazing quips going back and forth. Um, I should have taken more notes on on what uh, on what they were saying, but you guys have to check this out. If this is going to be a longstanding, like, non-title feud for the tag team division in NXT, we're all going to be better for it. And, um, yeah, this, this match was everything I, I could have wanted. Uh, and especially, again, when I go in, expecting a win for the grizzled young vets and kind of having that thought process of like, if I don't get this, I'm actually going to be upset. And uh, just the way that they did it. it. So it tells me they're taking the time to book this properly. And um, yeah, again, if I'm getting more of those four in the ring together, 
I'm not, there's not an inch of me that's going to be sad. So uh, go check that match out, guys. Uh, oh, and like the whole time, the whole time I'm thinking, I can't wait for these guys to have a fight pit match. We could get a tag team fight pit out of this, Mike. Uh, that I, I, I wouldn't have told you, Mike, that Zach Gibson is, uh, you know, I, I don't just a just a counter machine. Uh, the way that Thatcher like lines up the submissions and the counters and and really creates like it looks like he's creating in the ring at the time to get submissions in there. Uh, yeah. Gibson was right there with them, and seeing those two in the ring together was was f- some fantastic uh, submission wrestling. <laughs> Um, my office is getting torn apart now. So that's probably a good uh, time to jump into the dishonorable mentions, Mike. Uh, you want to hit up AEW? I thought you were going to say uh, Eddie was trying to earn a dishonorable mention for destroying your office. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that uh, dishonorable mention this week, um, I'm going to go with SCU winning the four-way um, to fight the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing um, You know, for the tag team titles. I, I'm not against SCU. It's just... The guys winning are, uh, God, um, I think Frankie Kazarian is like 43, and then Christopher Daniels is 51, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just saw, uh, you know, I got my moment number one coming here in a moment, uh, you know, they're featuring MJ- MJF prominently. Yeah. If, you know, Jurassic Express was going to win, that's Luchasaurus at 36, and Jungle Boy at 23. So, you know, those guys are going to have more opportunities to be up top because, you know, they're both really good talents. It's just, I don't know if I need to see SCU at, like, the biggest AEW pay-per-view of the year. You know, yeah. you know, two of the older guys, you know, on the roster, um, you know, going up in a match where they have no shot. Uh, I, I, you know, there, there's no way that the Young Bucks... <laughs> Uh, you are going to be losing those those titles anytime soon. So maybe that's what they're going for to like not make um, assets that are held in such high regard as Jurassic Express not make them you know thrown to the slaughter. But I just think the rooting interest would be a lot more obvious. Um, SCU's kind of been gray, where Jurassic Express has been mega babyface, and we know the Bucks are definitely doubling down as you know being the piece of shit heels. So. I, I just think it would have been an easier rooting interest. I think it would have been a more compelling match. It would have been a you know better youth movement. But um, you know, we know SCU is not going to be around. You know, they don't have as much time as you know Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are going to have. So maybe that's what they're gunning for. But eh, not the decision I would have went with. Um, this is a good time to remind everybody that she can't hear what Mike's saying. Yeah, so she couldn't <laughs> hear me say the S word like shit or the F word like fuck. Um, <laughs> Moment number one, Matt. I, I'm, maybe it's just because I'm a mark for this guy, but I'm, I'm as discouraged as I was by that four-way tag team turnout. Um, they're teasing that Kenny Omega is going to fight Pack or Orange Cassidy for his title at Double or Nothing. Um, as far as like kind of featuring guys in that kind of thirty mid thirty range and younger. Um, I'm really excited to see Cassidy kind of prove himself. Um, even if he doesn't win, he's still going to be going toe to toe with Pac to decide if he's the number one contender. And Pac is yeah, probably pound for pound my favorite wrestler to just watch. Uh, I think he puts on like the best matches of I, I don't know maybe anybody right now. 
um, with the aggression in his, you know, his offense with the, um, the salesmanship of his, you know, uh, defense. I'm, I'm just thoroughly entertained every time he's in the ring. So for him to essentially give the rub to Cassidy by even, you know, entertaining this number one contenders match and, uh, Amy from the peanut gallery over here, orange casserole. No, not Orange Casserole, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> that Nick, I'm going to never not think of him as Orange Casserole now. Thank you, Amy. Um, <laughs> very excited for uh, for that payoff. And even if he doesn't end up fighting Omega, um, just pumped that they're at that point in AEW's yeah. career as a promotion where they're going to entertain the idea. So I like the I like the promo. I like the, the hint of it. I like uh, Omega being super dismissive of the idea. And then... Uh, We'll see how it plays out. What do you think about Bully Ray saying that uh, he wishes the Impact Heavyweight Championships were featured more prominently around either Kenny Omega's waist or over his arms because he feels like they're underselling everything? Oh, um, I, I just think there's a time and a place for it. I yeah, I don't know. I, I, the I, idea I, is just to show him showered in gold, not necessarily to show the, yeah. the you know the Impact one. I I get where he's saying that you know if we're gonna say impact is invading impact now kind of runs aew you know to lean on that but i think it's it's more about the man himself it's more about omega appearing everywhere not the championship appearing yep. everywhere it's not about agree. you know dicaprio holding the oscar it's dicaprio's in the room you know so yeah I, right. i'm not on board with that point um my my dishonorable mention is just for the timekeeper for for NXT and like I mentioned before it felt like uh, 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 Shotzi and Ember Moon and the way needed a little bit more time uh, they they clearly were were rushing that thing uh, to get it done and they and they went overtime too which uh, they've done a pretty good job in NXT of not doing that so clearly they needed more time um, so maybe it was just too loaded of a card. And uh, I don't know, like as much as I love Cameron Grimes, he got two segments and I think one one would have done it. Um, maybe the L.A. Knight thing can go because that also did nothing for me, too. So there's another dishonorable mention. We're catching up, Mike. All the dishonorable mentions I left behind in past episodes. <laughs> um, all right. Number one NXT segment of the night, Mike. Isaiah Swerve Scott defeating Leon Ruff in a false count anywhere match. Mike, this is one of the best openings to an NXT episode ever because it was so surprising to get all this time for that match and they told such a great story and and yes i tweeted out uh as, as excited as everybody is to say what a great way to open this show they did yeah. earn it and they earned it by having these guys fight each other for such a long time and tell the story of how like the frustrations they've had with each other the hatred building there was some mutual respect at some point but now that you know even looking back it was kind of not real, you know, like they were just kind of playing each other. Um, but yeah, that I like that. Yeah. They uh <laughs> they just kind of playing each other, you know. Yeah, hey, buddy, I really respect you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As much as I uh I already don't think I'm a wordsmith, it's even harder to think of words when uh I've got my baby girl here finding pens. Yeah, what's on her stuff. hands? Is it Velcro? My god, she's bringing the whole studio down. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I, uh the the end of this match, uh the crew had, had uh, Leon Ruff hitting the crucifix bomb into uh, a poison Rana off the apron. And I, 
I mean, that that spot was was fantastic, and it it tells you all the reasons that uh, Leon Ruff gets the TV time. But then they gave Isaiah a faction at the end of the night. Uh, so AJ Francis, who everybody, I, I don't watch the A and E shows where they go look for um, old WWE memorabilia. See, you just uh, upset Eddie, Matt. I know. You gotta watch. I don't. More of I gotta it. watch those shows. Uh, but everybody said that's where this guy's from. So they're they're setting up a faction with Swerve. So clearly they they see there's there's more on that side of the table. Uh, but I mean, just another spot I like to uh, for this, uh, and I can't forget is this toolbox tossing as I put in the notes. Um, it wasn't just that; it was that Swerve put his whole being into throwing this toolbox, and they set it up great and booked it so that there was no chance of of Leon Ruff getting hit. Uh, but then his face after dodging the toolbox, um, it was amazing. It, it was a great use of a toolbox, and it was much better. I'm sure everybody can not hear me now. Uh, it was much better than when the fiend and, and Seth Rollins introduced the toolbox. I, I'm gonna wrap up because she's getting she's getting angry at me. So everybody, that, that's our <laughs> friendship festival. Oh my gosh. Um, and uh, we're gonna sail off. I'm gonna go make her some lunchies. Um, I'm sorry for for wrapping up. I, I just we can get under an hour. Uh, so yeah. check us out, uh, bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. And uh, Mike, thanks for doing this midday. Hopefully, yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll just have Hopefully I don't get fired. Here we go. <laughs> All right, good luck. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.